With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. The boys are back, and this is going to be our final episode before we have Blitz Month. 2022 and that is when i will have someone who covers k-state three times a week covering the start of this season all the way through august july this is going to be our number one downloaded month of all time whispers this puts it in very small font size it's only the second time we've ever done one show every day for a month so whatever but to end up the month of july i have two of my best friends in this podcasting internet world. The first one, a guy who I've actually met in person, hung out with him twice. The only person who I've been not really kicked out of a brewery with, but they were happy to see us leave. He is the man, the myth, the legend. You have no idea where he lives. It is Stats of War on Twitter and every Iowa State fan's least favorite online person. That is Parker Fleming. Parker, how are you doing, my friend? I'm I'm doing great, Scott. Always good to be on the podcast back with the uh, the boys. And uh, I've hopped in a couple of times while I'm cooking dinner while you guys are doing the live show on Wednesday. And man, I love that thing. That's so fun. And I'll, I'll take this opportunity to also say, I think we're pretty close to approaching real life friends in terms of time spent. I mean, we've met in person like three times now. That's That's a lot for me. So I think we're approaching it. That is correct. Again, you know, we've gotten lunch together. We've gone to a couple of breweries together. I won't mention the one that nicely was like, okay, can you guys leave? Because it's trivia night and you are two gentlemen who are intimidating our clientele. Uh, so I won't mention them, but we've had beers in the Kansas City metro in Johnson County and in downtown Kansas City. So we need this next guy to join us. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy behind the 1012 network, the host of the flagship show, my favorite Big 12 show. Despite what Pete Mundo tries to say on his show, it is the best Big 12 show. It is the 1012 Network's very own Philip Slavin. Philip, how are you? You, I, I kind of consider you my, you know, unofficial, uh, you know, maybe one day Instagram official best friend in the podcasting world. You know, maybe one day we're going to be able to make things a little bit more official. Even a Parker will never join us. How are you doing today? Yes, Mr. Independent Parker, we, we all know and love. Uh, I'm good. Uh, this has been another wonderful week of being reminded that uh, you know absolutely nothing about anything if you rank a, a certain team in last place because then their fans think you're an idiot because how could you not also know about this thing that they are very well aware. You just didn't do enough research. Shout out West Virginia fans this week. I'm sorry, I don't like your secondary. Uh, I just, I don't. Well, no I, can't, I can't, I can't, I <laughs> can't. I can't oh give you gosh. too much crap because I, I, I've gone after you and Andy and a few people on your show once upon a time uh, for not giving K-State the respect I thought they deserved. There is one guy who uh, on this podcast that does, Parker, before we get into it, I just want to give you a shout out. You and Grant's K-State preview episode, even though you guys don't know how to pronounce Cooper BB, uh, you guys are pretty bullish on K-State. So I'll let you just plug that specific episode uh, right now and I'll let you talk about what you're doing at the end of the show but again that was a great preview episode for two dudes who uh, watch TCU all the time yeah no I, I really appreciate that and and the point of our podcast preview series is literally like Grant and I doing our homework for the season so we're trying to say what players what schemes what storylines are you going to want to know to better consume content on the field and so it just thrills me to hear that the K-State one passed the smell test for um you know actual people who watch K-State and uh 
for, for the record, I, I was saying BB before the podcast and Grant confidently said Beeb and I got in my head and I just, I totally, I totally blew it up, but uh, his name will not be one that people mispronounce this season. Cause I think he will be so significant um, in both a college football on the field and in an NFL draft sense that I think his name will get um, his name will get cracked for sure. <laughs> And who knows, it won't be Lockett-esque, but he does have his little brother Camden who is already committed, so he'll be in town next uh, next year as well. But this is not specifically to talk about how great K-State's offensive line is going to be or how K-State is going to Arlington this year. Uh, although, you know what? Again, shout out to Philip. You, you were the first one who I remember you know, talking about how since the Big 12 championship game came back there's always been at least one new team in it so why not k-state this year but this is our big 12 dream road trip anyone who listened last week heard me and andrew do our college football dream road trip where any game you wanted every week but you could not see the same team play twice we're doing big 12 only with my two favorite big 12 podcasters the parameters here are You can't see a team more than three times, and you have to see every team in the conference at least once. After that, there were no rules, and as I think we're going to see with Phillip, you know, he he definitely made the most out of this road trip because he's an overachiever. Uh, I'm sure this will be a bit of a shit show, just us kind of talking over each other, but guess what? That's what Bosco's voice is all about. And I'll say this, I've actually had to edit the podcast three times in the last three weeks. I'm hoping this doesn't have to be one of them because, again, you lose the charm and you have to edit it a little bit. But we're going to jump in right now. Before we do, as Parker mentioned, we're going live Wednesday, 7 p.m. on ColorCast in God's Time Zone. Look for the links out on the Bosco's Boys and Scott Wildcat Twitter account. Join us. Again, we'll be going live every single week. There might be one instance where we have to move it to Tuesday, and then we'll do it on Tuesday, the week of Thanksgiving. But every other week, it's Wednesday, 7 p.m., no matter what else is going on. All right, week one, This is there are a handful of these games that I had in my overall college football road trip. This was mine. I'll always go last. I'll let you guys kind of get all the good talking out of the way since some of these I've already talked about. But let's start with Parker. Because Philip, again, overachiever, he was making his rules up as he went. Parker, what did you have in your week one game? Okay, my guiding, um, my only guiding principle here was to stay away from going to a game and sweating my butt off and watching a blowout. So especially early on the season, I am staying out of the south. I'm trying to go uh, north and, and, and keep it cool and keep it not sweating. So I was tempted by central Michigan and, uh, Oklahoma state. I think central Michigan is going to be really fun this year. They return a lot. Daniel Richardson is a very competent Mac quarterback. And there is the hilarious history that Oklahoma state did, but actually didn't lose to central Michigan a couple of years ago, which is always fun for me, and but the game that I'm five team of the year, right? That is, that is, that is the ride or die. Uh, you can, you can tweet about that with the hashtag our chips, uh, talking about the Central Michigan Chippewa, that is uh, that's 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 our our, our team this fall. Um, but despite that, uh, I think the game I'm officially choosing is West Virginia at Pitt. The game comes back; they haven't played since 2011. West Virginia's on a three-game win streak, and they've won five of the last seven, despite being down 61 to 40 in the uh, in the in the overall historical total. So big historic game, two teams with a lot of unknowns. Um, this game could be really fun because if Pitt makes it a, if Pitt's able to bring West Virginia down in the mud and West Virginia's offense doesn't click like they think it will, it could just be a brutal, awful college football game in a very fun sense uh, with a great rivalry. If West Virginia's offense clicks and Pitt tries to play man ball and run the ball, I think West Virginia could score like 50 points here and and it would just be absolutely wild. So either way, win-win for me. Uh, The only knock is, is it an NFL stadium, which is not as fun for me in my ideal college football week, but looking at the big 12, looking at this slate, I'd rather go there than, sweat and watch ULM lose to Texas's backups. Yeah. I, I, I hate colleges that play in NFL stadium. So eat shit pit as our friends at West Virginia would like to say, Philip, I assume this is one of your games going there. If folks haven't picked up, uh, Philip is trying to double dip in week one. So what, what is your, I assume that's your game. What's your Saturday game as well. Actually talk uh, about whatever you want. I, don't care. I mean, yeah. Anytime I have a chance to go to two games in one weekend, I'm going to do so. So obviously yeah, West Virginia pit the backyard brawl is back, baby. And I I'm all for it. Like West Virginia fans have me excited for this. I want to go and experience this. I want to experience rivalry matchups and I am really big in non-conference and you'll notice this all the way through. Like I want to go on the road. 
there are plenty of opportunities to see Big 12 stadiums once we get to conference play. I don't need to waste my time with that during non-conference. I don't care how big in name the matchup is. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, week two. Uh, so I'm, I'm opening Thursday with West Virginia Pitt. I'm, I'm, I know the NFL stadium – I'm kind of down Virginia on Pitt this year. Flood in there, like yes. I, I think that's going to be the closest thing to a sellout. You know, the stadium formerly known as Heinz Field will see closest it'll be to a sellout they've probably ever seen for a Pitt game. Game day is going to be there. I love it. Um, here's the problem: uh, the Big 12's best games in opening weekend are Thursday and Friday. And try as I might, there is no way to physically drive from from Pittsburgh to uh, Boulder, Colorado in time uh, without falling asleep at the wheel on the way there. So uh, I will not be attending TCU at Colorado. I will open with West Virginia Pitt. And then you look at Saturday slate and it's garbage. And look, I'm going to say it. I understand everybody plays FCS teams. Every conference does. This is if you're trying to sell your conference to TV, maybe don't make sure that your opening weekend Saturday is full of FCS opponents and Louisiana Monroe and UTEP, who for casual fans wouldn't know if they're FBS or FCS and probably would lose a lot of FCS games if they were in those divisions as well. So probably not the best thing for the Big 12. So I am slightly cheating here because I have used my Big 12 game for this week, so I'm covered. I'm going to go see future Big 12 member on Saturday, Cincinnati, as they travel to Fayetteville and take on Arkansas. I know it's going to be hot and sweaty. It's a short drive for me physically. I'm very excited to watch this game. Arkansas on the rise, Cincinnati coming off their playoff appearance. I am I'm really think that is like the sneaky, most interesting week one game that I really want to see. So like I said, Thursday, give me to the backyard brawl, eat shit pit, and then to Fayetteville, Arkansas on Saturday for Cincinnati at Arkansas. Yeah. Like, like I said, Pitt, West Virginia, that was in my overall all of college football week one game. Again, there's a lot of games that I think are going to be intriguing uh, nationwide on that, you know, very first one. But again, there's something about, a rivalry that it's being renewed for the first time in 10 years, especially with one fan base that is rabid. The other one I know nothing about. So I, I love seeing away teams flock into a, a stadium, taking it over. I think that's what West Virginia will do. Let's get to week two, because I think this one is for my money, the best week in the non-con for big 12 games. And folks will see in a bit why, my one decision basically caused dominoes for rest of my road trip. But let's start with Parker. Week two, what are, what game are you seeing? It is my hope to um, generally avoid Waco. And so I'm cashing in on one of my Baylor uh, tokens here by going to see them at BYU. You might think Alabama-Texas um, would be the game to go to because it's the biggest matchup, but I am not going to Austin at 11 a.m. I'm going to sit on my couch in an air-conditioned have a beer and watch that game. I don't want to go to that game. That sounds miserable. Even though the football is high stakes, it also has a little bit of blowout potential there. Um, the other one that I really, really liked here was Houston at Texas Tech. I think that'll be really fun. And I like Houston. Again, future Big 12 member like like Philip um, is, is pointing out for the other guys. But I do think that the mountains, uh, especially because I passed up TCU Colorado the week before, get out there, nice, cool night game, night game for BYU, and you get to watch Baylor's uh, coordinator kind of play his old his old staff against a very good what what could project as a top fifteen BYU team this fall. That was my number one honorable mention for this week, but not what I'm doing. So, all three of us were were in Pittsburgh. At least won't be all three of us in Utah. Philip, what game are you going to? Uh, Parker, I'll see you uh, in Utah as well. We're just going to be uh, road. We might as well just road trip buddies for this first couple of weeks. Look, you hot take there, Scott, that this is the best non-conference week for the Big 12. Uh, there's not a ton of competition. You get Alabama, Texas. I get it in name. Missouri, Kansas State, interesting. Houston at Texas Tech, really interesting. You get the Cyhawk Trophy. Uh, I'll go and I think Iowa State, win a game in this series under Matt Campbell and I'll go to this game. Uh, First Big 12 game of the season in Kansas at West Virginia, Arizona State at OSU, but Baylor BYU, like I said, prefer to go on the road for non-conference. So it's basically this or the Cyhawk. BYU is going to be cooler. Night game. This is a really interesting game to me, plus another opportunity for me to see a a future Big 12 member in BYU. Uh, I would love to get to Provo. Every shot I've seen of that stadium and campus and everything with the mountains in the background is absolutely gorgeous. So once BYU joins the conference, I want to get up there anyways. So I'm with you guys. I'm with you, Parker. Baylor, BYU for, for week two. 
Yeah, and make sure, again, you drink your beer on your couch before going to that game. I don't want you guys to get thrown into uh, campus jail by trying to bring a crispy boy on campus. Um, So mine, and again, wasn't even mentioned by uh, Philip in talking about the great non-conference slate, and this was the game for my all-of-college road trip that I picked K-State. It is K-State, Missouri in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It is July 27th, and I was on the phone with the ticket office today. There's less than 200 scattered single seats for this game, still over a month out. So this is going to be a raucous atmosphere, even at 11 a.m. on September 10th. It's the first time K-State's played Missouri since the infamous Pinkle non-handshake with Bill Snyder at midfield after we beat them. K-State Missouri, no, it's not KU Missouri, but this is a rivalry that's been played almost 100 times. And again, that's without playing any time over the last 11 years. I think it's going to be the best atmosphere in Bill Snyder Family Stadium this year. So as a K-State fan, I have to get going to that game. How much of a villain do you have to be to not shake Bill Snyder's hand? Well, Pinkle was a dick. Like, and again, (laughs) that's something that you can't really say in Kansas City because he does a lot of work charity wise after he retired in the area you know he's doing a lot of stuff for kansas city big brothers big sisters he actually might live in kansas city i can't i can't remember but pinkle low-key was just a prick when he was there he's a nice guy now but yeah he he completely blew it off k-state fans sarcastically chanted sec at missouri as they left the field i hope they do it again i think i I legitimately it's going to be the best non-conference atmosphere in, in the stadium since Auburn in 2014 and again it'll be the best post-COVID atmosphere we've seen uh, probably until next year or possibly later in the season if everything goes correctly but it's going to be a big one Uh, my only knock on that one Scott is I don't think Missouri's very good Um, I don't care and so in terms of quality I guess you like because because the fan experience out trumps the the quality of the game there yeah yeah and and again I I am probably more of a fanboy than either of you two or at least you guys present it better on Twitter than I do. Cause I'm a K state first, you know, like every, <laughs> above everything. Philip puts on his great big 12 hat every week. You're doing your stats thing. No, I'm K state all the way. So I, I want to see it. And I want it to be a blow up. I want blood. I want blood. I want 60 to nothing. And I would awesome. still love my choice of that game. <laughs> All right, let's get to week three. So this is the only of the first four weeks I'm not going with the game that I picked in my all of college football road trip. This might be one where we're all seeing each other again, but we'll see. Let's start with Parker. UTSA Texas was tempting for me because if Alabama beats up on Texas, UTSA is a pretty decent team. I don't think UTSA have the personnel, especially up front, to actually beat Texas, but it's at least interesting, and it's a night game in Austin. That being said, Texas Tech-NC State is is probably the definitive matchup this weekend. NC State is um, probably to the point of being overrated, highly regarded this offseason, because of their returning production and what they were able to do last year. And Texas Tech at this point, I think, will still have a healthy quarterback and all of their dreams won't be dashed. So there's a lot of momentum there. Texas Tech last season, remember, beat Houston very early on before falling apart a little bit um, and then uh, riding the ship at the end. So I think that Texas Tech at NC State would be great. Raleigh, really fun city. Also, not going to be September 17th in Raleigh is not going to be balmy, but it is not going to be soupy like a lot of these other matchups at at Waco or um, at Texas or even Stillwater is going to be. All right, let's go up to Philip next. Philip, where are you going? I, I really considered Tech at NC State. Um, I'm, NC State's defense, I'm worried, is going to give Tech enough problems that it may not be as interesting as I would like it to be. Um, I'm going to Nebraska for OU Nebraska. And I, I, I think this game could be really interesting. Like last year, interesting, but maybe even more so. OU week three, still new coaching staff. They've had a couple of warm-up games. Now they have to go to Nebraska for oh, no, an 11 a.m. kickoff that they love and hate so much. Uh, I plus, I mean, this could be the true beginning of the end for Scott Frost. And um, I am not some like person who loves to see coaches get fired, but watching like something come to an end that's kind of been bad for a while is masochistically kind of strangely intriguing to me. Uh, so I am going to go to Nebraska and watch the Sooners and the Cornhuskers play in another, you know, classic rivalry matchup. 
Yeah. I'll my, be might right. I interrupt you to say that you're you're making the wrong, you're rooting for the wrong thing in that game because Scott Frost getting fired is funny. Scott oh, no. Frost Scott getting Frost an extension is hilarious. Because more he beats fun. Oklahoma is yep. the funniest college football outcome this fall. Absolutely. Everyone except OU fans has me rooting for Nebraska in that game just because they were going to have to extend him after that. And it's a, I absolutely love it. It's I, a win-win. If Nebraska yeah. wins, it's hilarious. If Oklahoma wins in some little nail biter, it's also hilarious. Like I, it is, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this game. So normally I, I'm cheering for, for chaos. I, I'm going to Nebraska, Oklahoma as well. Again, you know, former big rivalry renewed. That's kind of been my uh, theme of my first three weeks, but I don't want Nebraska to win that because I, I got in, of course, a message board argument with folks. Uh, Oklahoma hasn't outside of COVID. They have not lost a regular season back-to-back weeks, like since before Bob Stoops in case state is going to Norman that next week. So I will be rooting for Oklahoma. I want them to win in a blowout, have a one week hamstring pull injury to a couple of their big time stars. So they're at half strength when they play K state, but I also hate Nebraska even more than I hate OU. So I'll be at that game. I don't want Nebraska to win. I never want Nebraska to win. All right. Week four. Uh, and this is another one where I did get the, the game. I wanted to this, this was a game that I chose over some bigger ones in the nation. Uh, again, my gut says maybe this will be the second time all three of us are together, but we'll see. Parker, what game are you seeing on week four? I was tempted by Kansas State, Oklahoma, which I think is the one you're talking about. Um, but I actually am going to go see West Virginia on the road again at Virginia Tech because West Virginia has done an amazing job of scheduling and they're playing regional opponents, power five rivalries. And uh, this week is I want to stay far away from Dallas and not go to SMU's Rinky Deek Stadium and see Sonny Dykes get uh, banana peels thrown at him by, you know, people, hedge fund managers. Um, the, 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 really this came down to Duke versus Kansas for me or West Virginia at Virginia tech. And I think that with my math, I actually have to choose Duke at KU as I'm looking at this on the fly, but I like the West Virginia, Virginia tech here. Um, so week four, week four, I think I'm going to watch Duke at Kansas. That guy letting the math get him on the episode, man. I just, I just looked at, I have like little check marks and I just looked that if I chose this, I have four for West Virginia and so I can't do it. And I already have three for Kansas state. Yeah. Damn. Well, okay. So we officially have our first KU game, KU hosting Duke on the gridiron in David Booth Memorial stadium, not Allen Fieldhouse. Okay. So I definitely was wrong. Uh, Parker or Philip, where are you going week four? Uh, I'm double dipping again because I can, because it's a Thursday game. So I will head to, to uh, Blacksburg for West Virginia, Virginia Tech. It's another rivalry game. Uh, West Virginia won this one in a very exciting fashion, thanks to their defense last year. No thanks to their quarterback throwing an interception when the game was on the line. Uh, I mean, again, rivalry game. Uh, why not? Two West Virginia classic old school rivalry games in the first four weeks of the college football season. Absolutely sign me up for that stuff. Um, uh, uh, teasing for um, a 10, 12 podcasts Monday show when we're doing win totals, I'm, I might have a, a bet that I want to put real money on for West Virginia to start the season. We'll see how that goes. Um, because I get two games and again, road games for non-conference. Uh, Parker, I will, I will take your stead and head to Dallas to watch TCU at SMU. Uh, I'm, how can I not be excited as a neutral third party uh, to see what is going to happen in Sonny Dyke's return? to SMU uh, just, you know, four games into his TCU career or three games, I guess, because they have that early idle week, which is weird. So I'm double dipping. I'm, I'm going West Virginia, Virginia Tech, and then I'll just take a, a day to take a, a day and a half to get a nice 16 hour drive down to, to, D, to Dallas and, uh, and watch a little TCU SMU iron skillet. See, again, that's actually where I thought I was going. This was another one that I had on my, like for me, can't miss all of college football. You know, you have the rivalry aspect and one of the coolest trophies i like the iron skill i think that is what college football is about here is a piece of cooking ware that has become a trophy you have the proximity again you have tcu being the 
quote unquote big school. Well, not it's not quote unquote. They're the bigger school. They're in a power five conference. But SMU has won the last two after going winless for the better part of actually all but one year in the previous you know 15 years. Uh, you have the Sunny Dykes thing going on. You, it has everything I could want in a college football game. So again, that's what I thought we were going to all see together. But Parker's like saying, oh no, I want nothing to do with this. I'm too cool. So still going to be hot in September. Also, uh, somebody, somebody might have a ridiculous bet on Kansas over and uh, they got to beat Duke for the over to hold, man. This is, this is vested interest money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not, not ridiculous. I have money on KU over for the second straight year. And I agree with you. If KU doesn't beat Duke, uh, I don't see any way they over cashes. That is like yeah, the pendulum game. So gotta I, have I this one. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to week five, week five. I think this is the first week where it is 100% conference games, but I think there's some bye weeks in there. I don't have it all pulled mm-hmm. up, but we got everyone's playing. Okay. Perfect. Everyone's playing five big 12 games. Let's actually go to Phillip first on this one. Uh, I mean, look, it's a rematch of the big 12 title game. There is, despite both teams losing as much as they are on the defensive side of the ball, it's almost like a round three for the two teams. Uh, Oklahoma State is traveling to Waco to take on Baylor. Uh, both as an OSU fan, I, I'm not sure I really want to go to this game, but I'm I'm really intrigued by can Spencer Sanders not throw uh, multiple interceptions against this Baylor defense? How does this Baylor defense look? How does Oklahoma State's defense and offense? I'm, it's a Big 12 title game rematch, and I'm always intrigued by rematch games like that. And, and again, round three, so. Uh, I, if I'm going to go to Waco, which I'm going to have to at some point, um, this feels like the right time to go do so. So I, I will head to OSU Baylor. Not technically. You just have to see each team once. Yeah, I, I like to try and hit every stadium. Okay. Once. Well, I definitely did not do that, but that's okay. But I am going to, I am going to that game as well. Again, like you said, rematch of that game. I think is it is the marquee big 12 game that week. Um, and again, this was one of those games, at least for me, that I had bracketed. I was not moving off of it, and it kind of created some issues throughout this, you know, exercise. I I, I wanted to jump in there because Parker's kind of been a little bit of a contrarian on a couple of these. So I want to know, are you joining us in Waco? I know you hate it there, but are you going to join us? Yeah, and I hate that I'm going to go to Waco twice this uh, in this road trip, as we'll see later on. But yeah, just with them playing twice last year and kind of being – you know, Baylor early on, not really being what they thought they could be towards the end of the season. And then Oklahoma State having some injuries along the line and at the running back. And for that game to come down to, you know, a fraction of an inch or realistically seven plays in the inside the 10 in the Big 12 championship, this has to be the rematch here. If both teams are what they should be, this should be a nationally ranked game, maybe a potential candidate for game day there on the first weekend of October. So really hard to beat this one. Uh, if I have to go to Waco, I guess it'll be nicer if, if both of you guys are there. So we'll do uh, we'll, we'll all three go to Oklahoma State and Baylor this weekend. I love it. All right, let's get to week six, where I think the two biggest rivalry, actually two out of the three biggest rivalries in the current Big 12 are set up. Or actually, if you listen to, I can't remember which Texas Tech show is doing their, started doing their own big game boomer impression, uh, but they had Farmageddon as the number one rivalry in the conference. Uh, sticking, I think, uh, Red River and uh, like at fifth. So shout out to them. Great trolling. Uh, but week six, it is the big rivalry week with the two biggest ones. Where are you guys going? We'll start with Phila. So TCU Kansas rivalry, right? Because Kansas, sorry. Okay. Exactly. Um, exactly. KU like hates I, anyone who wears purple. I have never physically been to Red River. <laughs> Can we just sidebar for one second? <laughs> Athlon did like the what other coaches are saying thing, and they said, TCU really, really played a lot harder after Gary Patterson left. And you're like, dude, TCU barely beat Baylor just because college football happens and then should have lost to Kansas and got their butt beat by Oklahoma State and by um, Iowa State to end the season. It was so funny to me that you could like look even at a box score of like TCU played really hard in their one score win at home versus Kansas. <laughs> I, well, I, I think that's probably a coach who was just like, Oh shit! What what can I randomly say about TCU? Because like that, that, well, you guys brought that up on your guys' show, uh, I think you and Grant did, and and I, I was just like, wait, and I went back and I was like, oh my god, they they didn't play any better after the Gary decision was made. Don't don't get me started on the Chandler Morris narrative that doesn't exactly exist, but yeah, it's exactly the point. Is everybody remembers Baylor and then nothing else that happens at the end of the season. Two thoughts: one, 
that was obviously a Dave Aranda quote. And two, <laughs> playing harder and playing smarter are two very different things. Yeah, yeah, so. that's 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 fair. <laughs> okay. Um, so where I've never been to Red that? River, and sometime in my life I would like to actually go there. Um, but Red River, OU Texas, that's the past, folks. That's the past. They're leaving, um, and so why not take part in what should be a very interesting. Farmageddon, the Big 12's new best rivalry game, assuming Utah doesn't eventually join the conference and we don't actually get the Holy War as a Big 12 game, which would be, woohoo! Uh, I will head to Farmageddon because I need to, to use some Kansas State and Iowa State at some point. And uh, anytime to go and get hammered with two uh, farming schools up in Ames, Iowa, sounds like a pretty good idea. So I am going to head to Ames. I'm going to go enjoy Farmageddon um, and sit drunkenly at the bar afterwards debating what kind of trophy they should actually build for this rivalry that should actually be treated like a real rivalry. A golden pecan pie. All right, we'll go to Parker next. Yeah, dude, tickets for Red River start at $300. Uh, if I'm looking at ESPN right here, I'm not paying to go see that. Um, that's just a whole cultural experience that, you, you know, it's fun and you should go to it if it's one of your teams. I don't care. Um, I'm going to do Farmageddon as well. I think that um, there has been a little bit of a bug with Kansas State beating Iowa State. Um, and that to me feels like an arbitrary... Um, like an arbitrary metric for like, is Kansas state doing what they should do this year? So I think uh, what the last, I guess it's three of four that they've lost. Um, they had a long stretch before that, obviously, but in the Matt Campbell era, uh, especially recently, it's been a little bit tighter. And so I think if Kansas state is going to achieve what I think they could achieve this, this fall, this will be a, a dominant game for Kansas state. It'll be a point that everyone nationally says, Oh, they're for real. And so I'm going to farm again as well. I hope you're right. J just on the, uh, on the topic, the only four times K-State has lost in Ames this century, uh, 2005, Bill Snyder had already decided he was going to retire the first time, mailed it in. 2007, Ron Prince doesn't count. 2018, we had guys who refused to go to the game because uh, they didn't want to burn the red shirt, and we all wanted to lose the game because we were tired of Bill. And then 2020, again, I'm not going to say allegedly – Iowa State was doing something funky with how they reported or tested for COVID. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it even allegedly. I'm not going to say that they had a COVID party with a lot of their big name players before the season even started. I'm not saying any of that type of stuff. I'm just saying K-State had a JV squad and there hasn't been a game we actually tried to win in Ames that we haven't won this century. That said, I'm going to Oklahoma, Texas for two reasons. One, I actually have a wedding on this day. So I can't even like a friend's wedding, not my wedding. Uh, I can't even like pretend that I'm going to go to that game because it would hurt me so much because I desperately wanted to go. And also there are two other K-State games I'm going to go to later on the season. So for the three max, I just had to go Oklahoma, Texas. Again, maybe the last time it's going to happen inside the Big 12. It's still up in the air whether or not they'll be there uh, in 2023, 2024. We'll see. Um but I want to see it. It is a historic rivalry. And I think this is the year Oklahoma is wearing crimson and Texas is wearing all white awesome. because that's the best, one of the best uniform matchups in all college football. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. Let's go to week seven, week seven. And just a reminder, as we're at the middle of this, the middle of every single week, we are going live at 7 PM on ColorCast. Join us. All right, Parker, we'll, we'll go back to you going first week seven. What are you seeing? Week seven, I'm seeing Oklahoma State for the second time and uh, TCU for the first time. I'm gonna I'm gonna see Oklahoma State at TCU. Uh, it'll be the first uh, the first round of this. Uh, well, the second round of this because I want to pr pretend that last year didn't count, but it'll be uh, the first kind of post Patterson era um, Gundy and TCU matchup, and that historically has been really fun and kind of a crazy game. I, I remember. Grayson Muelstein played at one point and TCU scored like 21 points in the third quarter and one in, in Fort Worth. So hopefully this one turns into a night game. I feel like it has been historically. And uh, I feel like this is always a, 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 a contentious matchup and um, between, you know, two teams that have a long history and there's kind of a new dimension here. So uh, needed to, needed to see Oklahoma state needed to see TCU to hit my quotas. And this one seems pretty nice. Also October 13th, we're getting into, all right, it's tolerable to be outside in Texas. So I'm, I'm comfortable going to a game there. I love it. And I love how weather has kind of dictated a lot of that for you. So I, I, I hear you. 
I, I can already feel myself sweating through my shirt in uh, Manhattan for that 11 a.m. game versus Missouri. Uh, let's go to Philip next. Philip, what are you going with on this week? I'm just going to preface this because um, I know we're only supposed to go to each plate no more or see each team no more than three times. I'm going to probably end up breaking that rule because I keep double dipping, but you know, more football is good football. Well, well I, I just got to say this. There, there was like literally one rule that I, that I laid out there and that you couldn't see any team more than three times you're double dipping. So you're doing all this crazy stuff and you still can't stay within the parameters. I'm, so I'm, I'm working kicking, hard to make sure it, it continues to hold true. We're just going to see what happens when we get to week 13. This I'm is not, serious podcasting, Philip. I well, put on pants to come sit at this microphone and you're just going to toss the rules out like that. Well, you can neither confirm nor deny that Parker's wearing pants at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I guess <laughs> we, we only see shoulder up, but I I'm a rules person. I'm a planner. I'm just going to, and again, I'm not going to kick you out of the, the podcast. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm not going to end our, you know, unofficial, maybe one day to be official podcasting friendship over this, but man, next year, if you come back on, I'd really appreciate it if you followed the rules. I'm doing my best here. Um, well, cause here's the problem. Uh, I'm about to knock off West Virginia and Baylor as having seen both three times, because I am going to go to the Thursday night matchup uh, between Baylor and West Virginia in Morgantown. I, because again, if I'm gonna, if you're gonna give me a Thursday game, I'm gonna go. Uh, whoever it is, if you tell me it was Kansas for somebody else, like it's the only thing on the schedule, I'm gonna go to that game because it's double dipping and it's an opportunity to see more football throughout the season. So I'll take it. Um, for Saturday, though, um, I, I'm Iowa State's had Texas's number as of late. Um, I'm really intrigued by what this rebuilt Texas offensive roster with all the weapons they've brought in questions along the line do against an Iowa state team. That's going to look nothing like it has for the last few years. Um, so Iowa state at, at Texas is really intriguing for me. Plus I've, I've only seen Iowa state once. I haven't seen Texas yet. So that, that helps me keep my balance sheet um, accurate. So I'm going to head to Austin uh, on Saturday. I've seen Baylor at West Virginia on Thursday. I can make the drive down to Austin. It's not a short drive, but I can make it in time on Saturday for Iowa state at Texas. Well, if I was playing your multiple games a week, I'd be there because in a lot of my drafts, I was at that Thursday night game, but I always was finding myself in a situation because I didn't go to Farmageddon not having an Iowa state game at all. So this is the only time I'm seeing Iowa state uh, this entire trip. And I'm going to go see, you know, Texas, Iowa state. I also think it's going to be an elimination game at that point. I would imagine that neither one of those schools is going to be able to lose that game and still have any Arlington aspirations. Um, that might not be the case. Maybe they could backdoor their way in, but the way the conference is set up, I don't think either one of those schools can lose that game and still find themselves in Arlington. And uh, we'll keep moving on so I don't yell at Phillip for breaking rules. All right, week eight. Week eight. Where Parker, where are you going again at this point? Like, you know, it, it might even start getting a little chilly up in, you know, Kansas and Iowa, West Virginia. So I don't know if that's dictating you staying South. Yeah, I'm, um, uh, I'm going to go to Texas and Oklahoma state, uh, kind of the point you made. I feel like this would, this will be a sorting weekend, um, for, for those two teams. One of them, if, if they are what again, projections generally suggest they will be. Uh, these two teams should be in a position to compete for one of the spots in Arlington, and this will be a key data point uh, for determining who wins that uh, second spot or, or the first spot if things are going well. So uh, I haven't gone to Stillwater uh, since um, I went when TCU lost by a ton and all my friends and I got really drunk and enjoyed it. So I'm going to go back to Stillwater and, uh, and walk around and shake people's hands. Uh, Everybody's so nice there and, uh, and watch Texas come to town and play Oklahoma State. All right, Philip, are you uh, seeing your alma mater with Parker? Uh, yeah. Is the uh, oh, TCU lost by a ton? Was that last year? Was that the uh, 20? No, 2012. 2012 game? It was okay. like 30 to three or something. That was like I first year it. they were in the conference. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, was it, was another one year, with... it was my senior year of college. So we tried to go to as many new away games as we could. Okay. I was trying to remember the uh, highly ranked TCU showing up Stillwater. And not going well. I think that was 20. Oh, maybe you're thinking about uh, 2017 where Mike Gundy said, I don't know. I don't no. know if anyone, I don't know what not anyone that can one. do to stop our no, offense. No. And then not just that one. Welcome. Definitely never think about that game. Never think about that game. This uh, was 36 14 in 2012. Uh, we're off, we're off topic. Was. 
<laughs> are you yeah. coming to this game with me? <laughs> There's no such thing. Yes, I am. Uh, obviously, I, I'm out of Baylor and West Virginia, even though West Virginia Texas Tech is really interesting to me just because of – I think that's a really important game for both teams for, for bowl contention. Um, but Texas at Oklahoma State, uh, the, yeah, like um, – I'm very interested, obviously, Oklahoma State last year having the come from behind victory over Texas, just like pretty much everybody did in the front half of the season when it came to Texas. Um, so I will take Texas visiting uh, Oklahoma State. And this is homecoming. And so, Parker, welcome to America's Biggest Homecoming uh, each year. Awesome. So come on, we'll all take you. You can see all the pomping and uh, we can do the, the walk and then we can get hammered at Eskimo Joe's. Heck yeah. That sounds great. I've been to Stillwater like probably just under double digit times my least favorite trip every time has involved eskimo joe's i don't think it's any good well there's no accounting for taste scott <laughs> i mean so. that's fine that's fine uh so week seven week eight and week 11 are ones i just kind of had to shoe in to kind of make everything else work so i did end up choosing the texas tech west virginia game you know they can all argue about john denver and all that type of stuff I think West. this could be the game that if West Virginia's, you know, front half of this season doesn't go well. So, you know, if, if they go over versus Pitt and uh, Virginia Tech, if they have a couple early losses, I actually have this game circled as possibly Neil Brown's final game at West Virginia. I want them to fire him because I think he's a very good coach. He was actually the guy I wanted pretty badly after Seth Luttrell took his name out of the running for the K-State job. So that's why I will never be a college AD uh, because Luttrell is trash and Chris Kleiman is awesome, even though he scares me. And I never want him on the podcast again because he scares me. But I, I think Neil Brown, I think Texas Tech wins this game in Lubbock by 17. And that is Neil Brown's final game at West Virginia. That is my prediction. So Spicy. I will be there. And also Lubbock. Uh, so Jones AT&T Stadium. I don't know if you guys have been there or if you agree. It is the exact opposite of Gallagher Iba Arena where, you know, you need a mountain goat to like get up and down the rows at Oklahoma State basketball. It is the most flat football stadium in the world. I've never seen rows with less depth than those. Not very tall. All right, let's get to week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just my observation. I've been to every big 12 stadium except for TCU and Oklahoma, which I'm going to check off this year, both of them. So go me. All right. Week nine, week nine, we'll start with Philip on this one. Uh, to keep my list intact and not to break the rules yet. Um, Oklahoma, Iowa state. Uh, aim should be a lot of fun. Can't hate going back and drinking excessive amounts of alcohol with, with Iowa state fans. Um, I, Look, this has always been an interesting matchup every time they've been played. Oklahoma going through a lot of change. Iowa State going through a lot of change. Obviously, there's a couple of teams that I can't go to see because of, you know, our account here. So part of this is that. And part of it's just, I mean, OU-Iowa State kind of become a fun game each year. It's been a pretty close game. It's been an interesting matchup. So I, I feel like I'm in store for what should be a lot of fun in Ames on, on that Saturday. Parker, where are you going? Yeah, I hate going back to Iowa, but I mean, I think this is this is the pick for me. I, I want to do Oklahoma State, Kansas State, but I haven't seen OU at all this year. Um, this one, and since Campbell got there, it's been one score uh, in four of the six games. Notably, um, Iowa State's only won two of them, which I think is, you know, four and two against Oklahoma's uh, with a bunch of one score losses is a little bit different than two what I four, thought it right? would be. Two and, two and four. Yeah, two and four. Oklahoma's four and two. Um, is is a little, you know, it's a, the the reputation for how annoying Matt Campbell is to Oklahoma, I think is pretty large um, for them, you know, kind of eking out a COVID year win and then one close one in 17 with the the newest defense uh, front that, that OU wasn't really prepped for. But I think this will be a good game. It'll be um, uh, fun, fun kind of football. And I've got to see Oklahoma. So let's get to Iowa before things get too cold and and it stops being fun. Yeah, here, here's another one of my bracket games that I wasn't going to move. If K-State's going to have the season, I hope they are. And if Oklahoma State is going to have the type of season that, you know, I anticipate them having, you know, with Gundy and their returning quarterback, even as flawed as I think Sanders can be at times, I think this could be the second best game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium this season. Um, I, I would love to see it. I, I'm snake bitten. You know, I, go, I, I think I've seen almost every K-State-Oklahoma State game uh, you know, since I turned 15. So that includes a lot of heartbreaking losses in uh, Stillwater and just some beatdowns as well. 
So I hope K-State wins it. I hope it's a big game. I hope it's, you know, a sellout crowd, crazy atmosphere. But that's that was my number two. If you're looking at K-State home games, and again, I'm a K-State fan. You guys are taking this, you know, much more journalistically than me. This That's the number two game for me for K-State at home this season. Um, all right, let's go on to week 10. Week 10. We'll start with Parker on this one. I am uh, on week 10 going to do, uh, I haven't been to Manhattan. Um, so I saw Kansas State and um, at Iowa State. So I saw Farmageddon, but I haven't been Man- Manhattan. And I've only seen Kansas State once. Again, I'm intrigued by Texas this year, but also for this, this one kind of hits, hits two things for me. One, potentially eliminator match for Big 12 championship posed really kind of later in the season will really determine the stakes of the last couple of games. And Texas gets into an interesting slate here as well. So um, I think this will be kind of one of those pivotal big 12, big 12 games for the second race. Um, And with the national attention, if Kansas state, you know, is top 15, top 20, and uh, even if Texas is bad, it'll still be a game that commands attention. So should be a really good atmosphere. Um, And so I'm going to go to Texas at Kansas state this weekend, even though Twitter tells me that I need to go to uh, TCU, Texas Tech, and deal with that nonsense. Philip, where are you going? I mean, you just mentioned both games I'm intrigued by is the the off-field drama of Texas Tech, TCU, and how many Texas Tech fans actually show up in, in Fort Worth versus Bijan versus Deuce, which is just like, I know they don't actually face off on the field, but I don't care. If we can talk about quarterback duels, then we can talk about running back duels. So I am really really torn here and so uh, the, my decision is in part i have to see texas tech at some point this season as we all know um so i'm going to go ahead and go to t- texas tech at tcu i haven't seen texas tech yet i've only seen tcu once um so as much as i want to watch go to manhattan again and see texas at kansas state or at least go see kansas state again uh i haven't been to manhattan yet i'm i'm I've got to save Kansas State just in case. Um, I've got to save Texas for another one. So I'm going to head to Texas Tech TCU. I haven't seen Tech yet. And of course, the off-field drama is just makes this even that much more tantalizing. Yeah, so that that's where I'm going as well. Again, I mentioned it earlier. I'm always intrigued when away fans try to invade a home stadium. Now there's the drama that we've seen unroll on Twitter. I'm obsessed with Twitter. I'm addicted to the bluebird. So you know, that was intriguing to me. I want to see how many actually get there. I want to see, uh, you know, how kind of, you know, any drama in person Are Texas tech fans are going to, you know, act like children or adults when they do show up, you know, what, what sort of stuff gets said. So that's where I'm going on that one. Let's go to week 11, which is the last one for me that I kind of had to back into at the end of the season uh, on this exercise to make sure I hit everything and didn't go over Uh, Parker. What did you have for your week 11? So week 11, I get to indulge myself and see back-to-back two TCU games I'm really interested in as a TCU fan and just as a fan of kind of the Big 12. Um, one, you get the uh, the Gary Patterson Bowl, the uh, super important game where, um, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad this isn't in Fort Worth because who knows what TCU's department would do to indulge Gary Patterson's whims. But uh, he's, he's on the staff for Texas. It's in Austin. And uh, the last time that he and Sonny Dykes were in the same um, area together, uh, Gary Patterson was accusing Sunny Dykes players of assaulting uh, coaches with direct video evidence con- uh, counter to that. So should be kind of fun um, to kind of have that coaching narrative there. Uh, not that I expect much out of this game, but I think that this is the um, this is the week to go see TCU at Texas. Um, one always been a good game with these guys, except for when TCU blew them out. That was a good game for me. Um, I think that was 2016. But uh, generally, I think this should be a competitive game, and you have some good narrative and storyline there. All right, Philip, where are you going week 10? Ooh, that's intriguing. Um, I'm out of Iowa State options, so I can't do Iowa State at Oklahoma State, even though I think that is it's become such a freaking good game. There is no closer game played the last seven seasons of the Big 12 than Iowa State, Oklahoma State, so that one should be fun. Um, West Virginia, Oklahoma is intriguing because can West Virginia beat Oklahoma before they leave the Big 12? Who knows? Uh, but I'm out of West Virginia options. So, man, I like TCU at Texas. But, and you know what? I think I have enough of both to make that swing. Um, I do. I do have enough of both to make that swing. Great. Uh, Parker, I'm going to join you. I, 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 
I'll say I can still get Kansas later. I'm going to join you for TCU at Texas. Like it's look, Gary Patterson's on the wrong sideline. It's so weird. I, 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 I have to see what that's like. That's so weird to me. I must see. Can I, can I be emo for a second? Gary Patterson is not on the wrong sideline. Just, we found out that Gary Patterson has always only been on his own sideline. So um, fair enough. He's on. (laughs) It's never not going to be weird. It's never not going to be weird. It is. It is weird. It's weird. It's never not going to be weird. That, that is, that it is going to be weird. So, you know what, Parker, at least I can say someone who also has had their school fire a legendary head coach with a statue at least you know build it go and be an analyst at KU or Iowa State or anything so I I, I can I, I can you know really feel for you there I'm gonna be there as well we're gonna be the three best friends that anyone could have again I had to back into this one uh, I, I wanted you know K-State Baylor again I out of K-State option well I just showed my hand what my final game is gonna be um <laughs> But, you know, I was out of a lot of other options. Uh, I didn't want to move the final one. So I, I'm going to be there as well. And and I've missed you guys. I, I think this is only the, what, is this the second time all three of us have been together? Third? Second or third? Because right. it was like week one. So, yeah. Maybe this yeah. will be the other one, week 12. Week 12. Can we can we travel with each other from Austin to this one? We'll start with Philip. Um, look, I know the revivalry is going on. Um, I used my last TCU in Texas last week specifically because I'm going to Bethlehem. Like I look, I, I, I try not to let my bias show through, but I will let my bias show through here. I'm going to Bethlehem. Um, I was there last year. I was at the game. Um, my wife thought I was ridiculous when I uh, shed a couple of tears at that win. Uh, yes, I got down on the f- field with my very pregnant wife. Uh, props to her. She is freaking awesome. But yeah, I'm going to Bethlehem. Like I, I don't know how many more of these we have left. I don't know. And so I'm going to cherish every opportunity to go and watch this game, even though it's going to be in Norman and I don't really care to go back to Norman. No offense, some offense, uh, but I don't really want to, but I'm going to go to this game. I'm going to Bedlam. All right. Parker, are you going to Bedlam? No, I'm going to go to the revivalry. Um, look, man, mm-hmm. the, just the, the non-zero chance of uh, Chandler Morris breakout uh, chapter two colon electric boogaloo in Waco is um, just more than I can bear to be anywhere else. This crosses off. I've seen Baylor three times and I've seen TCU three times now maxing those out. Um, this is, I want to be romantic about this game. Like Bedlam's obviously better um, environment. What I like great. Uh, and there are just some Baylor. I mean, there are some TCU fans who are terrible too. I'm not trying to both sides this, but like there are just some awful Baylor fans. So I'm kind of holding my nose going to Waco because it's very annoying, very suburban mom yelling, get him, get him, get him in like a high pitch voice every time. You're just like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, let's stop this. Um, shout out to that one specific lady who yelled at me all game. And then um, when Gary Bohannon threw the interception, she uh, immediately got up and left and didn't look in our direction again. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go to the revivory, just keep stoking the fire there. That's that's a fun game. And uh, it is, again, another big kind of defining feature of Patterson's um, tenure has been the matchups with Baylor. And, and uh, this is kind of a, a new stage, a new chapter in that. So I've only been to Waco once was not an enjoyable experience. It was like a exciting game, but there was a big severe thunderstorm or severe weather delay. Um, oh man, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, no, but, but the, the, the piece of trivia, we left Manhattan at like 2 AM to drive down to the game because the trivia fact with that is that was the last k-state football game that was not televised anywhere so 2010 it it was before the it was before the new tv deal went into place with uh fox and with espn and i see i I see you philip kind of like what 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 is that you know i promise you you can go back you can look at it it was not on tv it was baylor's homecoming so they wanted it at 2 p.m so they may have even declined a tv slot but i was like what do you mean i can't watch this game so me and a bunch of buddies piled into a car at 2 a.m. And we, we decided on Friday, we bought the tickets online, piled in a car at 2 a.m., drove straight down uh, to Waco. Maybe it was, I, I don't know what time we left, but yeah, that was the last time I've been in Waco, but I'm going to Bedlam. Sorry. I, that was a lot of talking about absolutely nothing. I'm going to Bedlam. What a fake. What a, what a long winding yeah, head I know, fake. There. I know. I know. I, I, I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Uh, I so that that gave me three Oklahoma and Oklahoma States again that was one that I went to in my all of college football road trip it was one of my bracket games 
for the Big 12. But again, people want to talk about lack of hit, not people. Andy Staples wants to talk about lack of history and shared common identity inside the Big 12. Uh, I will, everyone knows Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, but again, that Baylor TCU rivalry dates back, you know, beyond just the new Big 12, goes back to the Southwest Conference. It is a good rivalry. I do like that, but I am going to Bedlam. So final week of the season, week 13, it's Thanksgiving. I'm eating pecan pie. I'm eating turkey, all sorts of stuff. I don't know if there's anything Philip can double up on this, but what game are you going to, Philip? Uh, side note, um, I do believe that there was a game not televised in 2010 because Oklahoma State, Kansas in 2011 was not televised. No, so I said K State game, not all Big 12. No, I know. But, so I, but I had OSU, I had the Kansas. TV deal wrong was not televised in 2011. And I believe that's the last Oklahoma State game that was not televised. And I remember that because that's the last time I went to three or more Oklahoma State games in one season. RG3 is a B-I-T-C-H. I don't care. There's no Baylor fans that listen, but man, he was a whiny brat. And it still drives me crazy. That he's so on the You can cuss on our show. We have the explicit tag and that's Baylor bad. fans definitely do not listen to our show. They don't. Uh, he so you can threw say, so say many temper tantrums. He was a bitch. Say it. He threw so many temper tantrums. And the only reason he won the Heisman is because they beat Oklahoma, which was something that was so shocking and we'll continue on. Uh, look, I am Scott, you'll be very proud of me. I have not gone over on any of them. Now, that means I can't go to Baylor, Texas on Friday, but that's okay. No skin off my back. Uh, but I have saved. I'm going to Sunflower. I'm going again. I'm big on rivalries and I'm big on rivalry matchups. I try and see as many as I can. Um, this does mean I only get to one Kansas game and one Kansas, two Kansas State games, which is a little bit surprising here. But I'm going to the Sunflower because I do think, as much as Kansas State has dominated this series, and I, Kansas State will probably win this year as well. I do think this could be an interesting matchup at the end of the year. I am interested in how Kansas looks like and how healthy they are. If this is two healthy teams, it could be a lot of fun. Um, so, I, I, again, you give me rivalry at the end of the season between a Kansas State team who I think will be playing to wrap up a nice year to potentially get to Arlington versus a Kansas team who is going to probably be the best coach Kansas team we've seen in a long time facing off against that Kansas state team for an interesting matchup. Like I I'm all for it. Give me the sunflower showdown. I'm going there. I'm going to say something about the game, but I'll let Parker choose his week 13 game before I talk about that game. Are we all meeting there? So I basically hit everything. And hey. I, the only one that caught my mind was like maybe OU at Texas tech, but I'm just not interested in any of the rest of these. I think, I think Kansas, Kansas state, if Kansas is healthy. They will be going for the moral victory to try and like just get some sort of let's end the season on a decent note. Uh, again, Leipold's been really good about kind of positivity towards the end of the season. And so I, I don't expect this to be a close game, but I do expect it to be compelling. And um, yeah, let's do a little, let's do a little Thanksgiving in uh, Kansas city. Well, you know, what's wild is, is uh, Andrew who did his big college football thing. I think he was pandering to the K-State fans. He said he was going to go to that game. So I said, oh, okay, you know, you can come to my house for Thanksgiving. My mom was listening. She goes, oh, are we going to have an extra guest for Thanksgiving? I was like, no, I'm pretty sure he was kidding. But I'll say this. If you guys want to be in Kansas for Thanksgiving, my mom makes the best pecan pie in the world. Uh, great turkey. Fun fun conversations, you know. Drinks are flowing at the, you know, McFarland family Thanksgiving, which is technically the Tom. It, it's it, whatever. But shout out to all my family listening. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm going to the K-State KU game. I'm going to say this. If both teams are healthy and if K-State is having even close to a good a season as I hope they mm -hmm. are and Parker thinks they are, and I think even Phil, if, if it is even close to that, this game will not be competitive, competitive. It will not be compelling. It will not be close. If K-State has that game with even a shot to go to Arlington, KU could be 100% healthy, the healthiest they've ever been in the history of college football. K-State wins that by at least 20. If K-State has anything to play for. Because again, KU, take a guess. Just take a guess. How many Kansas kids do you think are on the KU roster as of two weeks ago when I did this? When I counted. How do, they, do they have 85 players now? I mean, I'm, I'm including walk on. So the full roster, how many I would kids be shocked if they weren't over half? KU, not K State, KU. Oh, oh, 13. I don't know. He took a bunch of transfers. Philip. 10. Nine. K-State has over 48. Dang. K-State will – this will not be close if K-State has anything to play for. And even if they don't, even if they're 6-5 and five coming into this game, I don't see any way this is close. But I'm also biased. Again, I take this as a fan. You guys are unbiased. But 
that's it. That is our dream college football or dream Big 12 road trip to any bonehead or any fan listening at this point. Because who knows, maybe we get some 10, 12 listeners. Maybe we get some TCU listeners. If anyone sends me a full road trip that is compliant, no more than three teams and everyone at least once, no rule breakers, I'll send you a Bosco's voice koozie. That's all we have. Let's start with Philip. Philip, plug everything that you got going on and the network has going on over at 1012. I still can't get back to the fact that your mom actually listens to your podcast. I can't even get my wife to listen to mine. Uh, of course, I am the host of the 1012 podcast. She's a KU fan, by the way. Former oh. baby Jayhawk mascot, and she still occasionally listens. Not every go. week, especially since I'm doing five shows a week, but she occasionally listens. Mom, if this is one you're listening to, I love you. Shout out to you. Very cool. Yeah, so plug shout anything to, you got. Shout out to moms. Okay, uh, 1012 Podcast. Uh, you can find our show with the link to it at 1012network.com, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. You can find the link to every show in the network there as well. We are 10 shows strong for now. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, poke, poke. Uh, but go check it out. The network is always growing. Very excited for the season. You don't We've have a TCU show, coming. I don't think. No, we don't have a TCU show. I can't hmm. find it. I can't find a TCU. No, I already talked. It's because I, I it's know. I, Philip, I'm can't af- Philip can't afford me. That's I'm just it. giving That's Parker true. shit. Slash, slash the second you tell me I have to record every week, I'm going to lose interest in the podcast and stop doing it. <laughs> I'm going to bring the show on and be like, Parker, I don't ever want you to record again. And we'll see how often he does it. Uh, no, uh, someone find me a good TCU show and we'll, we'll talk to him, but I have yet to do so. That's available. I'm sorry. Let me, let me back that up. That's available. There are good TCU shows. Parker included. All right, Parker, what all do you have going on? I realized earlier when we talked about the Kansas State preview, I did not say the name of our podcast once. I was just like, yep, it was awesome. That's I think great. I said it's you Purple Theory. It. Great show. But yeah, uh, I just need to get better about promoing. Yeah, Purple Theory is um, uh, just, uh, it's honestly turned into Grant and Parker have a beer and talk TCU football and whatever. Right now we're doing our preview series and uh, going to hit Oklahoma here in a few hours and kind of finish up the Big 12. Got a couple guests for the season um so pretty pretty excited about all that but you can find that anywhere you get podcasts uh purple theory podcast and um then this fall look for me at bet us uh youtube channel you can just search on youtube bet us college football subscribe to that we're building up we're going to get some content rolling here in a little bit that is me and gary and kyle we do some picks and betting predictions it's it's not you know it's not um Hey, here's how you make your money. It's there's some of that, but it is, Hey, let's talk meaningfully about games and matchups and about what the Vegas line represents. And if you bet one way, that means you believe this about the matchup and factors that might influence it. So it's a lot of fun. We get nerdy. We get football talking. We laugh sometimes. Sometimes our producer gets mad because we laugh too much while we're on the air and they want it to be professional, but it's a good time. We're, we're broadcasting at uh, noon central on, um, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday throughout the season. So make sure you're subscribed to that. And um, other than that, just, you know, post and graphs on Twitter. At Stats of War, you can find me there. I love it. I love at Stats of War. Again, I, th- I think K-State fans are the best contingent in your mentions outside of TCU fans. I think we roll. No, K-State fans like me so much more than TCU fans do. <laughs> we roll the entire The entire TCU message board is people paying, you know, $1.99 a month to talk shit about me on a private message board. <laughs> Well, I, nobody hates like, you more than the fan base of the school you cover the most. What's that profit in your own homeland or whatever? Yeah, it's <laughs> well, that kind of that, thing, that's but. not the case. While I do have some K-State haters, Iowa State fans definitely hate me more than K-State fans do. Um, Iowa State fans hate everyone who says anything negative about Iowa which, State. Which you go out of your way. We shouldn't do this on the podcast. You go out of your way to actively troll Iowa State fans and say nonsense. And I just say stuff about every team. You're talking so about me or Phil? Whatever facts. No, I'm not talking me. about you. You, Scott. not me. Not me. You go out of your way and they hate me more than you for me saying like, hey, that was a close one score game and it's pretty unlucky. I don't think that's, you know, you know, if, if Max Duggan had been in the first half, that game would have been a little bit closer. Like that kind of crap. And they they react worse to my stuff than yours. Like that's because most of them have blocked me. Most of them have blocked me. Like, I'm not kidding. Iowa state. Cause I've been doing this since my college days. And again, I'm 30. I I've been trolling Iowa state fans since before that was cool. So a lot of them blocked me. And then a lot of them, when they finally beat us in Snyder's year where we didn't even want to win because we lost it in hilarious fashion. It was like role reversal because we had the big lead and blew it. There were, I shit you not 15 people who unblocked me to talk shit and then blocked me the next day. Like a shout out, like, you know, I don't hate the player or the game. Twitter's Twitter. Uh, that's awesome. But again, 
Iowa State 100% did not, not even allegedly, they did not have COVID parties before the 2020 season. They were testing everyone the way they should 100%. It is just because they were more together that they had not a single positive COVID test amongst an actual contributor in 2020. 100%. Five-star COVID culture, man. Exactly. I mean, it is what it is. That's what happens when your coach doesn't have an agent. So uh, this is the end of our July one show every weekday. Blitz month starts next week. Guys, if someone at K-State, I'm not going to say who because I will give it away. If I can get something scheduled, because this is being recorded on the 27th, on the 28th or 29th, quite possibly the biggest show in the history of Bosco's Boys is going to drop on Monday. I need someone to cooperate, but quite possibly the biggest show of all time. If not, Blitz Month does start. Again, I'm going to talk to someone else who covers K-State sports every or, or three times a week. So it's going to be what, 12 different people? 15? I don't know how to count. Your favorites, Derek Young, KSU underscore fan, a.k.a. Jimmy, Kellis Robinette, even though a lot of people hate him because he got his degree from KU. Everyone who covers K-State, I'm going to have them on the show, and we're going to preview the season. We love you guys. Have a great weekend. Be nice to everyone, except for Andy Staples. And we'll see you guys next week. And Parker, Philip, thank you again for coming on. Go Frogs. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. Wildcat in to see onward forever hail victory butter 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 fight uk state wildcats for alma mater fights glory in the combat for the purple and the white faithful to our colors we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. We face a wildcats for alma mater. Fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go state. Podcast Network.